Merry Christmas and welcome to First Baptist Church this evening. We're glad that you've joined us for worship. And tonight as we turn our attention to the Word of God, there's just one verse of Scripture that I want to share with you, and it's from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. And it's a very famous passage of Scripture, one I'm sure that you'll recognize in Isaiah chapter 9 in verse 6, and this is what the prophet writes. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The events of the last two years have left many, if not all of us, traumatized at one point or another. And often it seemed that just as we've, we're beginning to regain our equilibrium, another form of pain, another form of heartbreak, another disappointment descended upon us, locking us in the dungeon of despair. And as I was thinking about what I would share with you this evening and remind you of in this very important and special service as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, I decided that all of us needed to be reminded of an aspect of Christ's birth that is easily forgotten. In the midst of darkness and despair, just like darkness and despair that we've experienced, 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah prophesied that Jesus, the one we've come to worship and celebrate tonight, would be called the mighty God. And as mighty God, Jesus has the power to rescue, to forgive, to restore, to heal, to lead, to provide, to keep, and to ultimately take us to heaven to live with Him forever. And this is not just some random source of power. There is promise in the name of Jesus. There is purpose in the name of Jesus. There is provision in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. For in and through His power, He can meet our deepest needs. One writer said, to see Jesus is to apprehend Him as the supply of our present needs and believingly lay hold on Him as such. The Lord Jesus is always seen through the eye of need. He is presented to us in the Scriptures not for our academic contemplation and delight, but for our desperate need as sinners and weaklings. And what I know to be true about every single one of us this evening is that we are all weak and we are all in need of Jesus. And Isaiah reminds us that in his first advent, Jesus Christ, the mighty God, he came in meekness to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. But this same Jesus, Isaiah would remind us in Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 2, would come at his second advent in majesty as the mighty God. Jesus is the mighty God. He is the divine warrior who conquers every foe. He is the one who avenges all wrongs, the one who meets every need, and the one who will rule over all of the nations. And Jesus, and Jesus Christ alone, is worthy of our honor 
and our worship and our praise. And that's why when we are reminded and get a glimpse of his power, we'll sing with the hymn writer these words, All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Each of these names that Isaiah gives for Jesus in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 describes a characteristic of Christ with a corresponding blessing that is found with that particular name. And the name that I am reminding you of this evening is that Jesus is not just mighty. Jesus is God. And because He is mighty God... Jesus can meet our deepest needs. Yet there's so many of us, maybe some of you here this evening, who do not truly believe that Jesus is God. And what I want to say to you this evening is that by denying the deity of Christ, you're forfeiting the promises and the blessings and the power of Christ in your life. The prophet Isaiah claims to us tonight that Jesus is God. In Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, he said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And the name Emmanuel literally means that God is with us. And that's why we're celebrating Christmas and the birth of Christ because Christ left the glory and splendor of heaven to dwell with us. He is God with us. And Matthew in his gospel wrote the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, he said, She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And just as Emmanuel means God is with us, the name Jesus means Jehovah or God is salvation. But friends, there's no greater declaration of the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ than in the name that Isaiah gives him in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. He is mighty God. That word is literally El Gabor. It means strength and might and power. It's a word that describes bravery and courage and action. The prefix of the word emphasizes that this power can only be found in the one true and living God. Friends, Jesus Christ is the power of God. But Isaiah didn't just proclaim him as God. Everyone that knew Jesus claimed him to be God. In John's gospel, in the very first verse, in John chapter 1 and verse 1, he writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in this verse, John is testifying that Jesus is divine in being and in essence and in substance, that from the very beginning of time, Jesus existed as God. 
And after Jesus died on the cross and he was buried in a tomb and he rose from the grave and he appeared before his disciples, one of his disciples, Thomas, after Jesus' resurrection, fell before Jesus and worshipped him. And this is what he proclaimed to Jesus. My Lord and my God. Even one of the greatest opponents of Jesus in the Bible Saul of Tarsus, who later became the Apostle Paul, when he met Jesus, he was forever changed for the rest of his life. And he testified to the deity of Jesus Christ. And in Titus chapter 2, in verse 13, he wrote to Titus saying, Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. In John in his epistle in 1 John, he writes these words in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and he has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God. And in the book of Revelation, the final book in our Bible, John sees a revelation, a vision of Jesus Christ in a Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8, these words were spoken to him by Jesus. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Isaiah said that he was God. Those close to him said that he was God. Jesus himself claimed to be God. In plain in simple language, Jesus Christ claimed to be God. He claimed to do things that only God could do. When Jesus forgave the sins of the paralytic, the religious leaders were in an uproar. And in Mark chapter 2 and verse 7, this is what they say. Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And when Jesus claimed to forgive that paralytic sins, he was claiming to be God. At the end of his sermon on the Good Shepherd in John chapter 10, Jesus made a bold claim. He said, I and the Father are one. And when Jesus made that statement, all the Jews and the religious leaders, they picked up stones to stone him because they thought that Jesus was speaking blasphemy. Near the close of his public ministry, just before his death on the cross, Jesus cried out these words, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. And in that same time, Philip, one of his followers, asked him to show them the Father. And Jesus said, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? And it is clear from these verses, and I could share many others with you tonight, that Jesus himself claimed to be God. And what I want you to know this evening is that anyone who denies that Jesus is God is not being honest with the Bible because the Bible in the Old Testament and the New Testament clearly proclaim Jesus's deity but you say this is a great lesson pastor why does this matter 
Well, the deity of Christ is the foundation of Christianity. He must be God. And what you and I think about Jesus Christ is a spiritual matter. It's a matter of life and it's a matter of death. And what I want you to know tonight is that Jesus Christ as God cannot be avoided. All of us must face the facts of who Jesus Christ really is. And all of us must answer that question for ourselves. Who is Jesus? And how we answer that question determines our eternal destiny it determines our life, and it determines our death. And to believe wrongly about Jesus is to believe wrongly about God. And to reject Jesus is to reject God. And I want you to know tonight, to reject Jesus is to reject God, which is to reject life. John in John chapter 3 and verse 18 said these words, Whoever believes in Christ is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Oh, friends, would you listen to the promise surrounding this mighty God? But to all, to all, young and old and middle-aged, to all who did receive Him, to all who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. How could He do such a thing? Because He is mighty God. Would you listen to the words of one of my all-time favorite preachers as he preaches directly to you and me tonight about this mighty God? This is what Charles Spurgeon said in his great devotional Morning by Morning on December 22nd. God has a strong reserve with which to discharge this responsibility for he is able to do everything. Believer, until you can drain the ocean dry of omnipotence, until you can break into pieces the towering mountains of almighty strength, you never need to fear. Do not think that the strength of man will ever be able to overcome the power of God. While the earth's huge pillars stand, you have enough reason to live firm in your faith. The same God who directs the earth in its orbit, who feeds the burning furnace of the sun and trims the lamps of heaven has promised to supply you with daily strength. While he is able to uphold the universe, do not dream that he will prove unable to fulfill his own promises. Remember what he did in the past. In the former generations, remember how he spoke and it was done, how he commanded and it stood firm. Will he who created the world ever grow weary? 
He hangs the world upon nothing. Will he who does this be unable to support his children? Will he be unfaithful to his word for lack of power? Who is it that restrains the tempest? Does he not ride upon the wings of the wind and make the clouds his chariots and hold the ocean in the hollow of his hand? How can he fail you? When he has put such a faithful promise as this on record, will you for a moment indulge the thought that he has outpromised himself or gone beyond his power to fulfill? No, you can doubt no longer. My God, you who are my strength, I believe this promise will be fulfilled. For the boundless reservoir of your grace can never be exhausted. And the overflowing storehouse of your strength can never be emptied. He is mighty God. And his power is available for you and for me. What burdens are you bearing this evening? What pain has crippled your heart? There's provision through the power of God, through his son, Jesus Christ. You may have a financial need in your life tonight. You may have a physical need in your life tonight. You may have a material need in your life tonight. You may have an emotional need in your life tonight. He is mighty God, and His reservoir never empties. For others, it may be a need for reconciliation. You live with a broken relationship, maybe multiple broken relationships. And despite your best efforts, you've not been able to put them back together again. And you've come to realize it's simply not in your power to do so. The issues are too long-standing, the pain too deep, the damage too great for you to mend, for anyone to mend, humanly speaking. Maybe you need to believe tonight that the God who reconciled the world to himself through his Son is more than able to bring reconciliation in your broken relationships and in your life. Still for others, your burden may be a bad habit, an addiction, and a struggle. You've made resolutions to do things differently, to do them better, to be more faithful. But you continue to struggle and to fail and to fall. And you've lost hope believing that change can truly happen. Would you believe tonight that the power of God is able to heal you and give you victory and to liberate you from all that is causing you to stumble and struggle and fall? Would you believe that Jesus Christ is mighty God in your struggles and trials and temptations? Finally, there's some of us tonight who are aware of the power of unbelief in our life. You may be here, you may want to believe, but you find yourself like the man whom Jesus met on the way to Jerusalem who had a hard time believing and he cried out to Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. 
In fact, for some of you tonight, real belief has never been a part of your life. You've never had that moment in your life when everything became clear and everything changed and you truly came to believe in Christ. And if this describes you tonight, could I invite you to look away from yourself and to look to God, to look to the mighty God, to look to the Lord Jesus Christ who is able, Scripture says, to cause His light to shine in your heart and to give you the light of the knowledge of the glory of God through the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you turn from yourself and you turn to Christ and you look to Him for your salvation and for your forgiveness and for your redemption, He will give you what the Bible calls the gift of faith. The kind of faith that will replace the unbelief that is in your life. Friends, this is why we've gathered in this place tonight. We've gathered to worship the mighty God. The one who left the splendor and glory of heaven and came to this earth and was born in a manger and lived and dwelt among us. He lived a life that you and I would never be able to live. A life of perfect sinlessness. He died a death that you and I deserve to die for our sin. And he rose from the grave defeating sin and defeating death and defeating the devil and the evil of the world through his resurrection. So that you and I could have life in him. So whatever your burden tonight, whatever your need, God has the power to handle it. He has the power to meet it. He has the power to solve it for your good and for his glory. Jesus came to this earth as a baby, but he was and he always will be the mighty God. And this is foolishness to those who refuse to believe. But to those who believe, the Bible says it's the power of God. And if you'll turn to Christ tonight and you'll trust in him and you'll lay your sin and your burdens at his feet, you'll find forgiveness, you'll find peace, you'll find purpose, you'll find power, and you'll find promise for the future. And maybe you'll be just like Mary And you'll say, he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He is the mighty God. Pray with me.